Good morning and welcome to worship. The candle was out again. It was first service. And so I had to light it because otherwise there are some amongst you, I know, who would be looking at that candle the whole time and saying, why isn't the candle lit? And that's important because those candles represent something to us. The flame of those candles represent the flame of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. And so they need to be a fire, right? Just like it needs to be a fire in us. Good morning and welcome to worship. It is indeed a blessing to be able to gather together as the family of God. And whether you're here in the sanctuary or whether you're joining us from at home, we're glad you're here. If you happen to be joining for the first time today, I'm Pastor Ann, and I have the honor and blessing of serving this congregation along with Pastor Andy. And we just um, want you to know you're always welcome here, any and everybody, welcome. So um, we want to always um, be a, we want to, want you to be a part of what is what God's doing here in this congregation what he's doing in and through us as we are committed to sharing in hope, living with purpose for the sake of others. Last Sunday, if you were here or if you weren't here, you missed it, okay? But last Sunday was glorious. We celebrated the empty tomb and our risen Lord together, and it was a beautiful day. Today is the second Sunday. That sounds awfully loud. Today is the second Sunday of Easter in our church calendar. The Easter season is actually 50 days long, and it runs from Easter Sunday, the day of the resurrection, through the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit descended on the early church, on those disciples of Jesus. But Easter is not just one day, and it's not even just 50 days. It's our way of living, or it should be. We are indeed Easter people. I want you to say that. I am an Easter person. I am an Easter person. We are. We have that opportunity to celebrate every single day that we serve a risen Lord. After having risen from the dead, Jesus appeared many times to those early followers, reminding them of what he had called them to do and what he had prepared them to do, and that was to go and tell the world the good news. And that's not just 
what his followers, and that is just what his followers have done every single day since then. We are all here today because somebody shared the love of Christ with us, either directly or indirectly. And as to his disciples today, Jesus calls us to do likewise, to do the same thing that his early disciples did, to share the good news of forgiveness and new life through Christ with other people. Sometimes this seems easy to do when we're in community with someone and the the opportunity just arises to share uh, the comfort and prayer with someone. But other times we may find ourselves in situations like those early disciples did where we're discouraged from even speaking the name of Jesus. Our sermon series today is entitled Uncontainable. We are going to be looking back in time at the birth of the early church to see how those early disciples overcame the obstacles they encountered as they shared the good news with their world. So if you will join me, let's go to the book of Acts, the second chapter, and we're going to hear verses 1 to 41. So listen carefully to the word of God. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, kind of like we are now. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Pregnia and Paphilia, Egypt and the parts of Libya Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Jerusalem, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully. To what I have to say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above 
and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourself know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, men put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said this about him, I saw the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried. And his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you see and hear now. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear most gracious God, open our eyes and our hearts and our ears that we may hear a message from you today. 
that we may hear what you have for each and every one of us individually. We ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. With his death and resurrection, Jesus changed forever the way his followers would view death and how they would view life. Jesus had told his disciples that, he's gonna, that he was going to die and rise again, but just as it took his disciples then a little while to grasp the good news of new life, it often takes us time to truly get it too. God's ways are not our ways. And we too may from time to time have a hard time understanding. After the resurrection, though, Jesus appeared to his disciples over a period of 40 days, proving that he was alive and he shared with them about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that is exactly what happened in today's scripture. We're told in the first book of Acts, in Acts 14, that the disciples all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And then we also see in the first book of Acts that his disciples, during that time of gathering, they reflected on the scriptures and how the events that had taken place regarding Jesus and, and regarding his death and his resurrection, how that had fulfilled the earlier scriptures. And we also see in today's scripture that they were all together in one place when the Holy Spirit came to fill them. So I think we can surmise that all being gathered together to pray, to study, and to reflect on Scripture was a very, very important part of the early church. As they were gathered, we're told that there was a sound like a violent wind. It wasn't it wasn't a violent wind, but it was the sound of a violent wind. And that they then saw what appeared to be tongues of fire that came to rest on each one of them. And they were each filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. The sound like the violent wind had also gotten the attention of those who had gathered in Jerusalem. God-fearing Jews from all those other nations under heaven. And they came to see what was going on. They were all amazed because they knew that these were all Galileans. They were Galileans who had previously been fishermen. So they were uneducated Galileans. But now, empowered by the Holy Spirit, they were speaking in the native tongues of all those different people who were gathered there. Can you imagine how confusing that must have been to them? They were actually hearing those disciples speak and declaring the wonders of God in their own language. Now, some of them accused the disciples of having too much wine to drink. So Peter stands up. Not alone, though. 
It's important that he stood up with the other 11. And he began to speak. And he started out by quoting scripture from the prophet Joel that declared, In the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. I'll show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter then goes on to tell the truth of Jesus, of who he is, and to confront those who had handed him over. And these are those words again. Fellow Israel, Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died, was buried, and his tomb's here today. But he was a prophet. And he spoke about the promise, that oath of God, that would one day place one of his descendants on the throne. And so seeing what was to come, David spoke about the resurrection of the Messiah, that he would not be abandoned to the realm of the dead. He would not, his body would not see decay. Peter's boldly declaring Jesus to be the Holy One proclaimed by David, the long-awaited Savior, resurrected by the power of God. And all gathered were witnesses, either by having seen with their own eyes, as the disciples had, or they became witnesses in hearing the eyewitnesses speak truth. Peter's also inviting those in the crowd to let Jesus be more than a name to them. He's inviting them all to let Jesus be their Savior, to acknowledge him as the Christ, the Messiah, the Holy One of Israel, the risen Lord. And he's inviting each of us as well. Have you acknowledged Jesus as both your Lord and your Savior? You know, when we start our journey with, with Christ, many times we, we come to that place where we say, yes, I need a Savior. Anybody there? We all need a Savior. Because on our own, we don't always do so well. But, so, but it, it kind of takes us a while sometimes to move from that place of accepting him as our Savior to move to that place where he becomes the Lord of our life. It's different. When he is the Lord of our life, our life becomes all about him, not about me anymore. It's about him and making him known. 
Is he more than a name to you? Is he your Lord and Savior? Now, I don't know about you, but when I read this about Peter and and the boldness with which he spoke, I just had to stop and go, wow. Talk about him being enabled and empowered. (laughs) Because this is Peter, guys. This is Peter. This is the same Peter who denied even knowing Jesus on the night that he was betrayed. He denied him three times. This is the same Peter that after the crucifixion was sitting with the other disciples in the upper room behind closed and locked doors for fear of persecution. Well, Peter is no longer behind closed doors. This is the same Peter, now empowered by the Holy Spirit to speak boldly to those gathered there and to us today about the truth regarding Jesus. And then he goes on to actually confront them with the fact that they were accountable for his crucifixion. And perhaps he's reminding us today that we are too. That it is about our sin that Jesus went to the cross as well. The same Peter who had hidden in fear is now speaking boldly to the people regarding Jesus, the risen Lord, and about why he died. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit planted in Peter, in his heart, a deep, deep desire that the people gathered in Jerusalem, that they would know the truth of who Jesus was and the new life that he can bring. And it was with that power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus, that Peter spoke so boldly about Jesus with absolutely no fear. Holy Spirit power contains no fear. We're told in today's scripture that those listening were cut to the heart. That means they were convicted. The Holy Spirit convicted them. And then they wanted to know, oh wow, what can we do? Can you think about that for a minute? about what it must have felt like to be that convicted for them to realize the truth of what they just heard. To hear the truth that Jesus was the long-awaited Savior, but they didn't recognize him. Were some of us not convicted and cut to the heart as we walked through Holy Week And reflected on what Jesus went through to provide that healing and that saving grace for us. Now Peter's response to the crowd was very clear. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far away. For all whom our Lord will call. And then with many other words, he warned them. 
And he pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Peter not only tells them what they can do, but he also tells them what they're going to receive as they ask Jesus into their hearts. They're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When we repent, when we empty our hearts before the Lord, that is when the Holy Spirit can come and fill our hearts. We have to empty the stuff out first, the yuck, in order to be able to hear from the Holy Spirit. We have to make room for him, not only in our hearts, but in our schedules as well. I was especially touched by Peter's last words to them. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. As they repented and were baptized, they received the grace of God through Christ, the gift of the Holy Spirit, who would indeed lead and guide them into new life in Christ. 3,000 of them came forward that day. 3,000. And those were from all over. Can you imagine how many people, as their hearts were set afire by the Holy Spirit, as they returned back to their homes, how many people on their way did they share the good news of Jesus with? Probably hundreds or thousands. How many have we shared the good news of Jesus with? And this was the beginning of the church. The church began. Their testimony invited others into a relationship with Jesus Christ. All of us have been touched by Jesus somewhere, some way, some form. We have a story of God in our life. And we need to be sharing that with others. Our world needs it desperately. So what do we take from this message today? If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you too have been given the Holy Spirit. Are you aware of his presence with you every moment of every day? Do you ask for his guidance throughout the day? Sometimes we have difficult decisions that we have to make. Sometimes we're confused by what's going on in the world. Do we ask the Holy Spirit to lead God and direct us? To help us to choose what path to go down? Do you spend time in silence, being still, to enable that still, small voice to speak to your heart? It's so easy for us in the midst of the noise and the busyness of our lives to totally block out his voice. But the Holy Spirit wants to do some things with us and through us. He is our advocate and he wants to help us and be with us forever. And that's from John 14, 16. 
The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth who lives in us and will be in us always. Again, to lead and guide us. The Holy Spirit wants to teach us all things and remind us of everything Jesus has said. Now, in order for him to remind, we have to know what Jesus said to start with, right? Those, some of your Bibles have red letters. Some of them may not, but the words of Jesus sometimes are in red. We need to be reading those things so that when the Holy Spirit brings it back to us, we know that's Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit wants to testify about Jesus. And he wants to enable and empower us to testify and minister Christ's love to other people. As we go from this place today, my prayer for each of you is that the Holy Spirit will light a fire in your heart. That you will remember the power of the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit wants to do in and through you and us as a body in the days to come. And may we all intentionally, if we're not already doing it, set aside time to be still and to be quiet so that we can hear him speak to our hearts. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear most gracious God, we thank you that you have given each and every one of us a gift. And it's a precious gift. The Holy Spirit. So Lord, um, may we always, every single day, set aside time to be still and to listen to hear you speak to our hearts, to hear you lead God and direct us. And Lord, it may not be a, a lot of time at the beginning of the day, it may be, but even in the midst of our days, help us to be quiet and still and to listen for that still small voice. And it is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.